0: the minnesota vikings have brought joy and misery to the vikings fans for many years at the skull purple podcast we just want to see the vikings party with the lombardi join us for analysis interviews laughs, and much more it's the podcast by vikings fans for vikings fans the skull purple podcast starts now here's your host Carson Super. Welcome in to the Skull Purple podcast. We're joined by Kevin Lapka of the Bears Nation pod. And uh, Kevin, how you doing, man? We're all over halfway through the NFL season already. Crazy to think.
1: It's unbelievable, Carson. It flies by, doesn't it? But this year especially has felt insanely fast, Carson. I'm doing well. We got a big game to talk about. Well, it's a big game for you and not for uh, <laughs> us as Bears fans. So I'll uh, break it down, but glad to be with you, man. Thanks for having me back on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good to have you on. Um, well, uh, as you mentioned, already alluding to it, not such a big game for the Bears. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the state of the Bears. I know you kind of said that you thought maybe this team had a chance to get to nine wins at the beginning of the season. Obviously, Obviously, a lot has unfolded since that point. Justin Fields missed some time. Uh, so that didn't help your cause either. Uh, but uh, what are your overall takeaways so far this season? And uh, hey, you know, I got to give you some positivity here. At least you got uh, the number one draft pick potentially sewn up or at least a few top top 10, top five picks. So,
1: Yeah, it's a silver lining, I guess. And it just it, that is one of the biggest trade fleeces in NFL history especially if they get that number one overall pick I mean just the return that they got from Carolina and, and the, the way DJ Moore has played like it's just incredible but that's not even the way we wanted it like we don't want to be here week 12 excited about the number one overall pick like that's not what we wanted three months ago when the season began so it's been a weird season and you know I work in Chicago media at 670 to score in Chicago and I just got to be honest like this is probably one of the weirdest seasons I've been around just like with the media and everything that's gone on with a couple coaches getting dismissed for reasons that we still do not know about, Um, you know, Justin Fields going out and getting injured and then Tyson Bajan coming in, winning two games and the narrative about, is he better? Should he be the quarterback? And then you add in the element of having the number one overall pick and will they draft Caleb Williams or will they keep Justin Fields? It's been the most chaotic First twelve weeks of an NFL season and of a Bears season that I can remember, it's been chaotic for you guys as well. I'm sure with Kirk Cousins going out and Justin Jefferson's injury, I just feel like the entire league has been in a jumble. Like guys are going down every week, coaches are on the hot seat. It's just been the prime ten games are weird, right? Like it's just been so strange, and it's been a really strange year for the Bears. And the hope was that once Justin Fields came back. We got really healthy last week before the Detroit game. You thought you'd start to see some consistency, some continuity, and you kind of did. Carson, just a weird year for the Bears, and it makes it really, really hard to predict what they're going to do any given Sunday or Monday in the case of week week 12 against the Vikings. Like, what team you're going to see for what amount of time. Like, it is so, so difficult to evaluate this team at this point in the year.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a really weird year in the NFL as a whole. Like it it's just like you don't know. I mean, from week to week there's a few good teams here and there, but it's also like it's just been some weird games for teams even, you know, it's it's just strange like not quite how we maybe thought it would be going into the year, but um yet uh yet there's still some continuity with the Eagles and the chiefs, like we saw on Monday night, still being pretty good. Um, Some other things as well throughout the league, but um, the lions being first in the division, that kind of uh, was expected for me as well. But just the way some of these things have unfolded, maybe are different. Obviously the Vikings, like you mentioned, losing uh, Kirk cousins, Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut coming in uh, and uh, just, I love that nickname, by the way, um, but uh, it's so it's been so fun, but also like kind of weird. Like, yeah, it's 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 been very weird year for the Vikings. But uh, yeah, somehow they're still in the mix for the postseason. Uh, they were going to be over 90 percent if they beat Denver last week. So um, it's still 80 percent. I think this going into this week. So it's uh, it's a pretty high number. Yeah. Um, I think the strength of schedule in the final few weeks probably helps as well. But yeah, so it's definitely a big game for the Vikings. Um, I mean, it's a home game and, you know, prime time after a prime time loss on the road last week. So you would think that they are going to be chomping at the bit to win this game. And they... uh, they definitely need to. Uh, the Bears probably. I mean, I don't know. I know you said you would rather be kind of in the postseason positioning, but I'm guessing at this point your mind sh- your mindset has kind of shifted away from that. You're kind of like, all right, let's just let's just do badly again, or maybe not. I don't know where where you where your <laughs> mind is right now.
1: Yeah, Carson, you know, I am not at the point yet where I'm rooting for losses. I'm 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 just not there yet. We, because you own the Carolina pick, you know that's at least going to be a top three pick in the 2024 draft in that first round. You know they're gonna be bad enough to secure you that. And you know your own pick's probably gonna still be at least top 10. So there's not really much of an incentive for me to root for losses. And I am of the camp. You know, I went to Ohio State, I watched Justin Fields for two years from the sidelines at Ohio State. I want him to be around for the coming years. I think it's the best decision for the franchise to build around him and use those draft assets on players that can help him and help the team with new head coach, hopefully Ben Johnson or Jim Harbaugh, whatever name you want to throw out there. He's going to be better than Matt Eberflew. So, look, I I think they're already on their way out, the, the coaching staff that is. And any win at this point is not going to help them. It's going to help Justin Fields and his resume and his ability to stick around with this team. So I am not yet rooting for losses. I'll be rooting for a win on Monday. Does that not mean that there's a silver lining, though? That That is not the case. When, when the Bears do lose, that's a good thing. When the Vikings lose, it's all doom and gloom. You got nothing to look forward to. When we lose, it's like, well, yeah, I wanted to win, but guess what? We do get better draft position because of it, and we do put ourselves in a better position to get a better player. So there is silver lining, but I'm not yet rooting for losses.
0: Yeah, well, and the way it was for the Vikings, of course, um, 0-3, we kind of were thinking, okay, maybe we are <laughs> going to be in that position. But uh, then all the things uh, started to go correctly <laughs> for the Vikings yeah. uh, when uh, they went on the five-game winning streak that they were on. So now it's like, all right, well, now we got to go and see what we can do in the postseason. I mean, I, I'm not convinced that this team is going to do anything because – partly because they can't stop turning the ball over, but, uh, that's, uh, that's part of it. And who knows what Josh Dobbs, like he's been good, but it's also like, well, we know he's a journeyman backup quarterback. So it's like, what can you actually expect, um, to go throughout the rest of the season? He was good, you know, pretty much all three of the last games. I mean, uh, the turnover's not great, but we're in a position to win. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's weird to not be look, looking at Kirk Cousins playing the quarterback position for the first time in several years. Like mm-hmm. there's good and there's bad with that. Like you see the mobility of Josh Dobbs, uh, which Kirk Cousins didn't have, but you also see the inaccuracy at times or maybe a little bit of trouble against the blitz at times um, that Kirk cousins maybe was a little bit better at dealing with. Um, but anyways, there's, there's lots of different things with that. Um, I don't know what your thoughts overall are on the Vikings. Uh, do you, uh, do you consider the Vikings still a potential, uh, playoff team? Uh, and do you think that there's a, even a chance that they win the division or where, what are your thoughts on the Vikings? Just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's no chance to win the division. And that's really, I mean, the Lions are just going to kind of run away with it. I, I was, I'm still of the belief that the Lions aren't the quote-unquote class of the NFC. And I know there's a lot of people that hate that take. But like, if the Lions have to play the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs, they're getting eliminated. If they have to play the 49ers at any point, they're getting eliminated. If they have to play the Eagles at any point, they're getting eliminated. And I think everybody would agree with that. Like, I, I don't think they're at the level as the top three teams in the NFC. Uh, but the way their schedule shakes out and winning that game last week is huge for them to get to eight and two. They pretty much locked into division. But the Vikings are – they I mean, they control their own destiny in the NFC wildcard racing. The crazy thing is the eighth seed in the NFC wildcard race is the Green Bay Packers at four oh. and six. And I think behind them is the Rams at four and six as well. Like, you guys actually have a comfortable cushion in the NFC. And I keep thinking that at some point – like the Josh Dobbs, Lynn Sanity run is going to end, and the the magic is going to is going to fade away. But I mean, he just continues to impress and continues to put you guys in positions to win. So. Like, do I look at the Vikings as a more beatable team with Josh Dobbs and Kirk Cousins? 100%. As a Bears fan, I approach this game on Monday as a more winnable game than when they played, what was it, week six or, or, or week five, right? Like, it's, it's obviously a more winnable game, although it's on the road because Josh Dobbs does have flaws and he's not as good of a quarterback as Kirk Cousins. But you guys have shown the ability to, to you know, respond to adversity well and improve on defense. And I think Kevin O'Connell is a great coach. So I think you guys will end up with that final seed in the NFL. NFC, especially with your strength of schedule the rest of the way, and I think you guys still play the Packers twice, right, or did you already play them once? We play them once. Okay. Yep. You got one more, so that'd be a huge game. Yeah, Yeah. so that'd be huge, but um, yeah, I mean, I really thought once Kirk Cousins was out, like, you could have made the case of Let's lose games. And obviously I don't think any organization's ever gonna actually do that. But as a fan, you could have made the case of hey, let's lose games and let's maybe draft a quarterback and not resign Kirk Cousins. But since Josh Dobbs has won, like your future of the franchise has it completely changed in like three to four weeks because now you look at it team like, hey. Maybe we run this back with Kirk Cousins. Maybe we do give him the extension. You know, everybody's rallying around Kirk. We saw the T-shirts. Justin Jefferson loves him. He's going to get the extension yep. as well, right? Like, all these different things have changed the past couple weeks. So, uh, I think they've got a lot of momentum. It's going to be a tough I, – I will be honest. It, this is going to be an interesting game this week. It's going to be a tough battle. Uh, but if they come out on top of this one on Monday night, you're what, 7-5? and or seven and five? Right with a with a with a little bit of a cushion in that NFC wild card. So uh, I'm I'm been really impressed with what the Vikings have been able to do.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of credit uh, as we've talked about on the Fan Express lines after the games. A lot of credit's got to go to Kevin O'Connell and what he's been able to mm-hmm. do. Uh, just the fact that you know they basically throw Josh Dobbs in with cold feet in that Atlanta game and he does what he does in that game. Just Uh, incredible. Uh, and then, you know, the last two weeks, uh, the saints game was really great in the first half, second half, a little bit, eh, you know, and then kind of the same thing with the Denver game. There was some ups and there was some downs, but I mean, that's kind of what you have to expect with, um, a quarterback that, uh, is a journeyman for one, but also still learning the offense as well. Mm -hmm. But well, uh, let's let's go ahead and get into your expectations for Monday night. Um, how how have the Bears uh, been playing overall? Obviously, um, not in the win column as much as you would like. But like, have you? Has there been flashes of good things that you've seen on both sides of the ball? What what are what have been some of the positives that you think you could see on Monday night?
1: I'm not going to tell you, Carson, that the Bears' record is like deceptive, like they're better than the record. Like, I'm not going to make excuses like that but you've seen a pretty good team on the defensive side of the ball. And it's been skewed the past couple of weeks because you haven't really known what they are on offense with Tyson Bajan. But with Justin Fields back, you've seen a good team on offense as well. Like this team actually has a lot of good talent on paper. And that was one of the reasons that I predicted them to win nine to 10 games at the start of the year because I saw that they had the talent. And the question was always whether the coaching staff was going to develop that talent, whether they'd all take that leap, whether Justin Fields would take that leap. It didn't all come together at the beginning of the year. But you're starting to see it come together now. And it maybe isn't equating to wins, but it's equating to good play for a majority of the game against good teams and and them staying in these games that previously in the year they were getting blown out and losing before the half was even over, before the first half was even over. So let's start on the defensive side of the ball, Carson. This has turned in to an unbelievably good Bears rush defense. I mean, they're second in the NFL in opponent rush yards per game. They've neutralized some of the best backs in the league. They've taken guys away. They took away Alvin Kamara. You know, they've done a really, really, really good job of just eliminating that from the game. And still finding a way to hold up in the secondary and run all these nickel packages and run all these dime packages and rush three and still hold up with their guys led by Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, and Eddie Jackson in that secondary and hold up and not allow explosive plays, not allow big plays. I think that's been the thing that's impressed me the most about the defense the past couple weeks. Even when Tyson Bajan was in there, they held them in the game against good teams. Even when Tyson was throwing the ball away, you know, four giveaways uh, in, in that New Orleans game, and the Bears' defense kept a minute. They were not allowing any opposing team to have explosive plays down the field like they may if you're the Vikings right like especially without Justin Jefferson you can probably move the ball down the field but like I would not expect to gain 30 40 yard chunk plays against the way that against this defense right now and they got a huge huge boost when they uh traded for Montez Sweat at the deadline an unexpected move for a team at their position at the time had two wins and you go and you trade for a guy, and he immediately makes a difference. And he better because you pay him $90 million and one of the, I think the fifth largest contract for edge rushers, like right behind Miles Garrett. So if you're getting paid that kind of money in the class of those guys, yeah, you better show out. And he's had a ton of pressures. He had his first NFL sack last week against the Lions. But really, most of what I've been impressed with has come on the defensive side of the ball. You've just seen the younger players come into form. Kyler Gordon's been great. uh Jalen Johnson, sorry, has been playing at a Pro Bowl level. And then Gervon Dexter, our rookie three-tech, has, has made a lot of noise. He beat Panay. He lined up as an edge rusher last game and beat Panay Sewell off the edge. He plays three-tech. Like, the dude has been an animal. Tremaine Edmonds has, has proved to be worth his money with an interception last week. TJ Edwards, who we paid this offseason also, uh, got an interception last week. So it, it's been a really, really impressive defense, And, you know, you talk about the offensive side of the ball. Again, it's hard to know because we really only have one game of sample size with Justin Fields' back from injury. But from what we saw last week, it was a good offense. They got complacent. They got conservative in the final four minutes of the game. They ran the ball. They took the ball out of Justin Fields' hands. But what they did in the first three quarters and change was – very 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 encouraging as a Bears fan and as a Justin Fields supporter for how they're able to design a game plan around him and Dan Campbell talked about it and it proved to be last Sunday that he Justin Fields is a threat and we all know that and he was their biggest fear with what he was able to do with his legs and they gave him 18 carries he had 100 yards and he made big plays down the field with his arms so like again I, I'm not going to make excuses I'm not going to say they should be you know five and five or whatever but like they were up 28 to 7 against the Broncos. Blew that game. They're up 26 to 12 or 26 to 14 against the Lions with four minutes to go. Blew that game. Like, if you win both those games, you're five and six right in the mix of the NFC wildcard race. But they're not a good team. They don't have a good good coaching staff, and that's why they lose those games. So those aren't excuses. You can't just walk around and say, hey, I think this should be five and six, yada, yada, yada. No, there's a reason they lose those games. It's because they're not coached well. and be- It's because at this moment, they're not a good football team. But if you do look at the holistic view of it and you do break it down piece by piece and you go element by element, they are a team with a lot of talent that can make some noise. And I think at this point can be a threat to really anybody they play, especially the fact that they're in desperation mode at the quarterback position, they're in desperation mode with the head coach. They're going to pull out all the stops to try to win these games. Um, and that's just not what you want if you're a team playing the Chicago Bears the rest of the way out.
0: Yeah, and you know the Vikings are very similar in the fact that they probably should be better than what their record is. Um, they, mm-hmm. uh, they are a team that, you know, lost the first three games of the season all by one score. And uh, they turned the ball over uh, multiple times in each of those games. And so even if you take one of those turnovers away and turn them into points uh, from each of those games, I mean, you're probably looking at the Vikings being maybe, you know, nine and three or something like that. You know, it's it could be a lot different story right now but again like he said it's one of those one of those things where like for the bears case it's the coaching staff for the vikings case it would be the turnovers just continually um being the thing that haunts them in a lot of these games and that's the big reason why i don't know if i can trust them to do anything when it comes to postseason play, um, and that's again assuming they get to that point, which they are in line to do that at this point, but there's still plenty of time left uh, for that to change. Um, but yep. yeah, at this point, if you're if you're a little bit above 500, you want to make the playoffs because you're not yeah, going to get a very right. good draft pick, you know. Uh, so it's like, well, you might as well make the playoffs then. Uh, give yourself a shot to go and win, you know, a game maybe upset somebody. Um, and then, you know, who knows what happens from there. But, um, yeah, so it should be an interesting game. Um, I think uh, I was going to ask you, too. So you, the defensive side of the ball, you said, has really improved the running defense for the Bears. Uh, do you think that's a credit to Matt Eberflus, or do you think that's a credit to a lot of the players that they brought in this offseason? And like you said, Montez Sweat.
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh... Everyone in this city is out on Maddie Reflues. I'm, I'm out on Maddie Reflues, so it's always hard to give them credit at this point. There's a little bit of credit for you know just improving some things, but I, I really do think it's the latter and what you're talking about with you know, more of the talent kind of shining through at this point. Like, they spent a lot of money on defense. They spent most of their money on defense this offseason, right? You know, you got Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, and you extended some guys and Montez Sweat, and you allocate all these resources, assets, and it wasn't paying off. Like, Tremaine Edmonds wasn't playing well the first four weeks. TJ Edwards wasn't playing well. It's not a Matt Eberlewicz's fault. Those guys weren't playing well. It just wasn't coming together. And I guess it just took some time, and they're all on the same page now. So I do think it's more about the talent, and it all makes sense that, okay, we knew that this defense had the capability of being a good unit. Maybe they just needed some time uh, to be on the same page. We had some guys go out. We weren't healthy. Kyler Gordon was on IR. Jaquan Brisker got hurt. Eddie Jackson was on IR. You know, all these guys are going out and in and out and exchanging and all this, and yada yada yah. Yad. Finally, everybody's healthy. They're on the same page. So, yes, Matt Newflusch does deserve some credit for bringing these guys together, and his scheme is good, and the Tampa 2 defense is, is, at this moment, uh, proving to be formidable. But – uh, I think it's more about the talent that they spent uh, that's finally paying off.
0: How about Luke Getze, your offensive coordinator? Do you, nope. do you think, do you, <laughs> what do you think of him? It doesn't sound too good. Um, I, I would be very afraid of the Bears going forward. You mentioned Ben Johnson earlier. If they brought in Ben Johnson as their offensive <sighs> coordinator or as their head coach, and obviously it would be the controller of the offense but uh, my goodness i would be very very concerned <laughs> for the nfc north because i really do think he's a very brilliant offensive mind
1: yeah i mean ben john like and luke etsy's uh, out we are like there's zero chance that he is going to be around and the bears and if you're ryan poe gm of the bears and kevin warren the president and ceo you guys are obviously familiar with kevin warren on your podcast um Fresh look at Ben Johnson last week uh, in four Field, right? You, you know, you're, you're watching the opposing team led by Ben, opposing offense led by Ben Johnson come back from down 12 points with four minutes to go with just genius play calling, taking advantage of everything the Bears were giving them in these soft coverages down the stretch. So, yes, I think Ben Johnson should and hopefully will be the ho- head coach of the Bears next year. But, yeah, Luke Getzey has just, he, he he's found a way to ruin Justin Fields' career. And and, and I'm not saying that that can't be rectified. I think Justin Fields still has a future, and he's obviously shown that he can be something in this league and has improved the past couple uh, of outings that he's had, right, before he came out uh, with injury against the Vikings. He was coming off two four-touchdown games and, you know, 280-plus yards in both of those games as well. He's playing his best football of his career before the injury, and he returned to that form against the Lions. But Luke Getze had this game plan last week of all the things they didn't do the first couple of weeks with Justin Fields that people were enraged about you know they weren't doing designed runs which is like how can you be so stupid he literally broke nfl records last year as a quarterback rushing they weren't doing any of that and they weren't getting him on the move. They weren't having him throw on the run, which is one of his best assets, assets as a passer. And on, on Sunday against Detroit, the first drive, they go down the field, they do all of that. They rush the ball with him five times. He's on the move, play action, out of the pocket, bootleg, all these things that make Justin Fields great. And guess what? It turns into a touchdown. And they do it throughout the game. They end up scoring 26 points, but they get to that 26-point mark, and they do none of it. For the final five minutes of the game. None of it. They say, you know what, Justin, you got us to this point. But guess what? It's Khalil Herbert time. We're going to give him the ball with the game on the line and run the ball on first and second down. And it is just, it makes zero sense. And that's why it's like, I, I say it's hard to approach these games because Luke Getzey has shown the ability to design a good offense around Justin Fields. He did it against the commanders when the Bears scored 40 points and you know, Fields had four touchdowns and DJ Moore had three touchdowns receiving and 230 yards and all those great things. They did it last year. A couple of times they scored 30 on the dolphins. They were doing good things, but there's been no consistency game over game and there's been no consistency drive over drive to prove that they can do it for the course of 60 minutes. And that's why you don't see them win football games. So, we're all out on Luke Getze over here. He's gone. And can we please God get a guy who can surround an offense in a game plan around Justin Fields? Not just one game, but for an entire stretch of games to hopefully help you win games. So it's been a frustrating season as far as our evaluation of him. I don't think he's like in the Matt Canada. Like he's obviously not in the Matt Canada space, who was just fired <laughs> by the Steelers or the Nathaniel Hackett tier, right? But. He is like he can be an offensive coordinator in this league, but he just hasn't shown the ability to design a functional game plan consistently around one of the most versatile quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, be honest, if you gave Kevin O'Connell Justin Fields, the guy would have a goddamn field day with uh, no pun intended with (laughs) Justin Fields and the things that he can do. Right. Like, I mean, it's it's unbelievable that he can't construct an offense around a player that versatile
0: yeah yeah uh, it's it is definitely definitely an inter- interesting thing like even you've seen like Doug Peterson after Trevor Lawrence struggled his rookie year without um, a good head coach, you saw what Trevor Lawrence was able to do once Doug Peterson came in because I think Doug Peterson did a better job of catering to more of Trevor Lawrence's strengths and doing some more of the things that he did well in college. and uh, that's what good coaches do. They don't try and fit their scheme around uh these players. They try and fit the player or they try to uh they try to make their scheme based on the skill sets of the players. Uh, that's what you should do, that's what good coaches should do. And uh yeah, I would agree. It doesn't seem like uh Luke Getze has done that consistently uh throughout the uh the years. So Um, Any mismatches you want to talk about uh, for the Vikings and Bears on Monday night? Obviously, we're still in limbo. I would guess that Justin Jefferson's going to stay out
1: of -hmm. this game
0: since the Vikings have a bye week coming up. Give him another chance to really get healthy going into the final stretch of the season. But um, any other mismatches you think uh, that could be for either side?
1: Yeah, I mean... (sighs) It's hard to say I don't you know I don't know the Vikings roster in and out but I think when it comes to consistent like consistent with what I said earlier about the defense. When it comes to the Vikings trying to run the ball on the Bears, like that, that's just the biggest mismatch in the game. And we know Alexander Madison uh, has butter on his hands throughout the entire game and, and hasn't been able to do much. And yeah, Cam Akers is uh, out with the Achilles, and you know Ty Chandler has been been able to do some nice things. But the way that Bears rush defense has been, uh, I think they're going to neutralize that aspect. So it, I, I think the Vikings are going to have to put this game in the hands of Josh Dobbs, like. This is a moment where you know uh, again who is who, it was against who when he came in and was that against Arizona? Who, who was that against? Atlanta, right? Like you're gonna have to need that kind of game from Josh Dobbs to win this thing because you're not gonna be able to move the ball down the field with Alexander Madison, and Ty Chandler. It's gonna have to be Josh Dobbs making plays uh, against a secondary that's been pretty good. Now you have great playmakers in T.J. Hawkinson and Jordan Addison. But the Bears did a great job last week neutralizing Sam Laporta. He had zero catches until five minutes left in the game with zero yards. Uh, they just did a great job taking him away. So I wonder if they'll kind of carry that same game plan over this week, knowing T.J. Hodgson is probably the best player on that offense, um, and, and you have some deep threats and K.J. Osborne and Jordan Addison. But the Bears' day has been good at uh, at not letting them get behind. You know, I don't know what the state of the Minnesota front four has been. Has Daniel Hunter been wreaking havoc? Still, like like what's been the state of the front four?
0: Daniel Hunter has been playing at a uh, defensive MVP type of level like he's he's got the potential to to win that award I think um, Really? I think second second in the league in sacks I think behind is it Miles Garrett that leads the league in sacks right now I think that's 12. who it is but um so yeah he's been fantastic um running game he's been really good at helping in the running game um, I think the Vikings have improved throughout the season in the running game, uh, but I still would say that's probably their one of their uh, one of their weaknesses. Um, secondary, I'm still a little leery too on, but um, overall, I thought they played really well against Denver. Now Denver's offense, you know, is questionable uh, at best sometimes, but uh, I thought they played pretty well against them. And honestly. I do think Brian Flora is going against this, uh, trying to put a game plan together against Justin Fields. That yep. gives me much more confidence than an Ed Donatel would have last year. Um, for sure. Um, I think, uh, I think if they put a spy on fields and I know that probably won't always work throughout the course of the game, but I think that could help. And it'll be interesting to see what the Vikings uh, are able to do and cause fields, some, tr- some troubles and, all of that stuff. I think, I do think you're right. The Bears defense has the potential to make it difficult on the Vikings in this game because of the ineffective running game. The Vikings, for the most part, have been ineffective this season running the football. Um, mm-hmm. last week against Denver was really good, but Denver's run defense is really questionable. Um, so, and, and I don't think they ran the ball very well the first time uh, they played the Bears either, So, um, if I remember correctly. So it's, it's going to be a challenge, and uh, I think you're right. Josh Dobbs is going to have to beat them. Um, I would not be surprised if this game comes down to the final uh, couple of possessions like it normally does for the Vikings anymore, it seems like. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, right. yeah. What uh what would you say or your prediction is your prediction for the game what are you feeling like the bears have got the shot to pull this out or are you uh still thinking the vikings will take it
1: Yeah I mean all bias aside they have the shot to pull it out I mean 100% like you're saying this, this is going to be a close football game like I I think you might still have a lot of Minnesota fans looking past the bears because of their record and everything um but at this point the way their defense has been playing and if Justin Field plays the way he did last week like this will be a very close football game with a legitimate shot for the Bears to win. I mean, they should have just beat the one of the you know top teams in the NFC last week if they didn't throw the game away. And, yeah, the Bears are on the road again uh, in, in this one. But it's obviously not as good of an opponent as the Lions. And I, I just think we're at a point where Justin Fields is in, like, takeover mode, right? Like, he understands – that he has six games left now to prove his worth, in, not just with the Chicago Bears, but in the NFL. Like His career is on the line generational wealth for his family is on the line right because if you play well the next six games you likely get a contract extension that secures you know you for the next couple of years right if Daniel Jones can get 160 million dollars so can Justin Fields um <laughs> sorry that's just the way it is uh so he has been in you know full takeover mode everything on the line and you saw that last week and that's a scary dangerous thing and he hasn't really done it Against the Vikings in the past, right? Like they, they've been a team that's been able to neutralize Justin Fields pretty well throughout his career. I mean, really, that one game last year where Amir Smith Marset fumbled to lose that was was it was a solid game from Fields, but it wasn't you know anything special, uh, right? That was kind of a weird game. There's some penalties that took away a touchdown for it. I don't know, weird, but. <laughs> I think you're looking at a low-scoring game. If I were a better, I'd probably bet the under um, in the game. You know, probably looking at like a 24, 21, 21, 18, 21, 17, right? Something weird like that uh, in this one. But just with the way the Bears have been playing, like they're going to be winning the game at some point, probably in the second half, and they're just going to lose. Like, like that's just what they've done the entire year. They've shown the ability to have a good team and have a game plan that wins you games in the first couple quarters in the first couple, uh, in, in the first half and change. But once you get to the fourth quarter, like Matt Eberflus freezes, he folds. He doesn't know how to operate the game in the fourth quarter. And he's going up against a guy in Kevin O'Connell, who's been proven to be very good at rallying his troops from down. Right. We all remember the Colts game last year. He's been good at, you know, making decisions, in crunch time and doing the right things down the stretch and recognizing what's at stake. And I just think that that in itself uh, is a dangerous thing for the Bears. So I do think the Vikings uh, end up winning this game probably in the end, like something real close, game-winning field goal, something like that. Uh, and the Bears just crumble you know like they typically do in the fourth quarter and hey I could be wrong the Bears could do what they've done on primetime and surprise people and score 40 points and, and maybe this game is a shootout and who knows um but from what everything that I know is you'll get a good game from Justin Fields you get a good game from the defense they play well everyone's on Twitter saying the Bears are back they're in the hunt they're gonna win the game and then Kevin O'Connell and Josh Jobs the passionate just find a way to beat him in the end I mean that is just <laughs> been what the Bears have done in 2023 it's been what their season is, and they've done it, you know, so many times. So I have no choice but to believe that that's going to be the case, Carson.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you, man. That's that's uh, the way it is sometimes uh, with, with the Vikings. Uh, it was the case earlier this season, finding a way to lose with these turnovers and all that uh, fun stuff. And just last week against Denver, finding a way to lose after kind of controlling most of the game, I felt like, against Denver and then uh, just kind of letting it slip slip away in the end. But yep. I, uh, I, I do agree with you. I think the Vikings come away with the win. Um, I would not be surprised if it goes the other way, though. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. like you in that. I would not be surprised either way. And honestly, I am probably going to say that for the rest of the season. I would not be surprised if it goes the other way because you really just don't know what to expect week to week with Josh Dobbs and the vikings offense i think it's it's just kind of a question mark at times um just because of the turnover situation i know i keep beating a dead horse with it but it's like man these turnovers 20 20 plus turnovers this season and uh that's pretty much the reason why they've lost so many games this year is because of the turnovers really? so um But, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Vikings 23, Bears 20. I think that's probably about right. Maybe it could even be a lower-scoring game than that even. Who knows? Maybe like uh, 19-16, maybe even something like that, Um, if uh, both of these teams struggle offensively, which could be the case. I think it could be the case if the Vikings, like I said, Brian Flores has a good plan for that uh, Justin Fields offense. So, but yep. uh any any do you have an official score prediction? I, I won't hold you to it, but uh
1: let's go uh twenty four twenty-one Vikings. We'll uh we'll we'll roll with that. Game winning field goal as time expires, goal nation goes crazy or whatever you guys call it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: But... There you go. There you go. Well we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take a little bit higher uh or a little bit more likelihood going further into the postseason. So there you go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we appreciate the, the uh, time always, uh, you coming on. We enjoy having you. Uh, make sure to uh, tell everybody where they can find you and your podcast.
1: Yeah, Kevin Lapka, KevinCharles112, if you want to follow me on Twitter and uh, at BearsNationPod, BearsNationPodcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter. You guys are doing a great job here at Skull Purple Podcast, doing Vikings Nation proud, so keep up the good work.
0: All right, man. Thanks a lot. And as always, Skull.